Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking the Game Show. I'm your host, Austin Carr. Steven's out again today, and we'll be for a little while longer, so I'm joined by president of the network and host of the Off the Ball podcast, Chris LeBron. We've got a great episode for you today. We go over all of our end-of-season NBA awards, as well as a little bit about last night's Warriors-Lakers play-in game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss it. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Breaking the Game. It's your host, Austin, again. No Steven again today. He's going to be gone for a little while, so I've got another wonderful wonderful friend here to help me. He is the president of the Off the Ball Network, kind of the namesake of the whole thing, the host of the Off the Ball Pod, Mr. Chris LeBron. How you doing, Chris? Hey, what's going on, Austin? Happy to be on with you, brother. Me too. I'm glad to have you. It's going to be, going to be a lot of fun. We always, always have a good time together. Always a good time with you. Yes. We miss, we miss Steven, though. We, we do. We do. Everybody does. Steven makes me look good three or four hours a week on here, so how could I not, <laughs> I not miss him? No, but we've got a great show for everybody today. We're going to be doing some award, end-of-the-year awards. I actually came up with a few new ones that are just my own creation, and we're going to give out the real ones, too. But before we get to that, we're just going to kind of touch on the – play-in game so far and whether or not we think think they've been a success and how we think they've gone. So I'll give the floor to you first, Prez. What do you think of the play-in so far? I mean, I was a big proponent of the play-in games. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it adds more value to the end of the season. I always compare the end of the NBA season to the end of the school year where it mm-hmm. drags and we're just ready for, you know, everyone's ready for summer. Everybody's ready for the playoffs. It gives it more spice, gives it more sizzle, you know, more intriguing games. Right. You know, um, teams fighting to not be in that play-in makes everything more interesting. You know, so to me, it was a great idea. I was on board with it. I know people hate change. And I right. think that's the biggest thing is it's change, right? We're so accustomed mm-hmm. to one through eight, one through eight on both sides. So when we get change, we freak out. And then instead mm-hmm. of just, all right, let's see how it goes. And just like people freaking out with the bubble last year and the playing last year, mm-hmm. people loved it. Okay. Right. So to me, you know, uh, just being used to change and if it's good change and, and to me, it's great. Um, the playing games, I know we've had some blowouts, but you know, last, last night's game, I didn't get to watch it last night, you know, cause it's, you know, uh, East coast over here. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of late, but I got to catch right. some of the game. I got to catch the, the game today and it was a good one. It, it definitely was a good one. Even Boston versus the Wizards, even though it wound up being mm-hmm. an 18-point, to see Jason Tatum drop 50. Mm-hmm. You know, and even Indiana, Charlotte, I mean, we knew Indiana came in wounded. They were wounded. <laughs> you know, everyone was on the, the injury report. And we thought Charlotte, young team, hungry team, they come in ready to go. And the veterans, you know, the, having vets showed for Indiana. You know, they lit it mm-hmm. up from three. You know, they dropped, what, 140-plus points. And they show that hey, you know, we we we're still got a solid team, even though Indiana's been through a, they've been through a lot. You know, uh, Bjorken has been. Uh, I know that's your guy's favorite name on the show. Uh, Nate Bjorken. Bjorken. You know, he's he's uh, had his ups and downs with this team, and he, he still may be in the hot seat. But yeah. you know, for him, this gives him a little extra, in a little bit of uh, room, especially mm-hmm. if they win tonight. But I I love the playing games. It's been great. Um, like I said, add, added value and. Um, Seeing the Lakers, see LeBron versus Steph mm-hmm. last night. You know, we're so used to seeing them in the finals, but right. to see them in this in a different type of environment where, you know, you're battling to get into that playoffs. Like I, to me, that added the intrigue to the game. On top of it already being a, mm-hmm. you know, a, a great matchup as is, but you know, uh, it, it just, I'm, I'm I'm digging it, and uh, we got we got some uh, do or die games coming up. So uh, it's absolutely. It's, you know, it's been a complete success in my eyes. I mean, any other year I can't remember ever in my life caring about the last day of the season like I did Nobody. Like you said, it's the last day of school where mm-hmm. nobody cares. Teachers yep. don't care. You just come in, you get your mm-hmm. final attendance, and then you literally wait. Or sometimes they just say, just go. 
Bye. Right. Have a good summer. And then on right? top of that, too. Yeah. And then we know, see we're, the only thing right. I would like it, that I liked about some of the is like you'll see like random players that never mm-hmm. play, and then mm-hmm. they drop. Like if for fantasy, I would like right. get the guys that I like, That's and you awesome. pick them up, and they got thirty out of nowhere because they mm-hmm. just finally get into play. But uh, right. other than that, you know, uh, it always a drag that last. Right, and then you know too, like how would you get me excited for a, a Grizzly Spurs game any other way? You know, right now in this time of the season, and that was a really good game too. Um, but you know, Indiana, you, you may, you hit on a lot of good points about them. I, I was completely convinced Indiana was done in my eyes and everybody here, Indiana had pretty much given up. The Pacers were basically done and, uh, you know, they came roaring out of the gates and who knows, maybe for this, a veteran team like this, that's just what they needed to kind of get, uh, and get the ball rolling for them and get some momentum. Uh, you know, I've been a big, huge fan of the, of the, Playing ever since they did it last year, I don't really want to listen to millionaires complain about one extra game. So yeah, I never understood it. It's just one. Hey, you win, you're in. Win right. one game. Exactly. That's your. That should be your motivation. And you know, just get mm-hmm. it done, and then you move on, and you get ready for uh, to be in the playoffs and get ready for try to win the championship. So to right. me, you know, I said I think it helps everyone. Where do they stop tanking, right? I think mm-hmm. there's a there was a there's a thought. Oh, this can and tanking. No. Teams are still going to try to tank no matter what. It, right. it, it's still going to happen. But at least, like you said, and intrigue for those last few games where we're just mm-hmm. – it just everyone goes through the motions and just is, you know, trying to get rid of the playoffs. So, you know, it, right. it's a win for the league. Right. And, you know, just thinking back to the last week of the regular season, you know, there was like 10, 11, 12, 13 teams on each side of each conference, really, some still kind of battling for it, you know, had something to yeah. play for till the very end. Exactly. Exactly. Like the Pelicans, the Pelicans, I mean, the Pelicans are one of my most disappointing teams, and they were yeah. pretty much in it till the last few games. And even mm-hmm. with Zion out, they still have it. So, like, this gives teams an opportunity to, to, even if you had a bad season, it gives you an extra um, opportunity to sneak in. Very true. You know? Exactly. You know, so, I don't like... It used to be in the NBA that all it took was get, you just need to get into the playoffs and everybody felt like they had a chance. And maybe that's going to start being the way things are again. Hey, I think it could. You never know. Like, to you know, some of these, especially, you know, in the West, some of the bottom tier teams, I mean, those are really good teams that right. are in the bottom of the West. Like, a lot of good teams in the bottom of the West. The, the West has a lot – longer list of good teams, but I feel like the Eastern conference for the first time in a long time was the more exciting conference this year. Like that hasn't been the case for really a, quite a long time. I feel like in the NBA had yeah. on pretty much ran it forever. And then now this well, year, LeBron was there. It was just more than two good teams. Like, like said, it was one, maybe two, maybe two teams. Right. Maybe. But LeBron would destroy that the, the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Or it was everything we could do to make it seem yeah. like that other team had a chance. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But in reality. All right. Well, we are going to move. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to move on to our awards for the season. We're going to go with the first one I have on the list here is the coach of the year. And I would be pretty surprised if you and I have different differing answers with this one, Chris. I'll go ahead and go. I have Tom Thibodeau of the New York Knicks. Uh, you know, no one in their right mind really expected New York to get where they are this soon. You know, I think everybody kind of expected Thibodeau to be successful, you know, over time. He's just always always has been, and he's a good coach. But right away to take them all the way to, you know, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs – and like I said on the last show I did with Mo, I thought I was being generous, uh, putting them at eleven, and yeah. you know they just blew everybody out of the water. I mean, Julius Randle, you can say what you want about the whole thing—is he really the most improved or not because of his numbers? But if you watch him on the court, like his impact on yeah. the court has changed so much; it's unreal. Even with the, yeah. even though the numbers aren't that much different. And a pretty young team. They're the best defensive team in, in basketball. And they're, what, second or third best three-point shooting team? And I don't think anybody could have expected that either. So I, I don't know how you could – I mean, you can make a good case for a couple guys out west, but I don't know how you could pick anybody but Thibodeau. No. You know what's crazy? I went back and forth a lot this year with, like, 
Monty Williams and Quinn Snyder thinking, all right, they are the top teams in the league. So I got to give them credit. Mm -hmm. But, and like, try to not be a biased Knicks fan. But even biased or unbiased, what Tibbs has done with this team is absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Like, you look at this roster. If you're just looking at the roster on paper, you're like, eh, not a sexy roster, right? Not a, like, you know, you're getting Derrick Rose, but this isn't the Derrick Rose of old, right? You're getting a good, a good group of solid role players and Julius Randle, right? Mm-hmm. And Julius Randle, you know, he just absolutely play out of his mind, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about him later in the awards. Oh. And he, he elevated everyone, Tibbs. Everyone played up above and beyond their role. Like, they're all role players, but they play like superstars in their roles as role players. And that's what you need in, with your teams like that. Everyone be a star in your role. I talk about this endlessly with everyone I've ever had on my show or just talking to people in general. If a team plays their role, everyone plays their role, you will have success. We've seen teams with way much more talent than the Knicks, right, that have way worse that are you know, 30 games under 500 because they just don't play their roles. Everyone wants to be the guy. Right. But when you play your role, all right, and then you have that one guy that takes off like Rich Randall, it, it's mm-hmm. what he's done is just, it, it's really incredible how he's like, like you said, one of the best defenses, you know, defensive teams this year, one of the best three point shooting teams this year. Like mm-hmm. things that I just did not think would happen so quick. Right. I think they're going to definitely be better this year, no matter what, right? You get Tidge, you're going to be better. I don't care who you got on the court, but to be mm-hmm. 40 wins. Fourth in the division, fourth in the Eastern Conference, a home playoff series. I didn't see that happen. It's to me, right. it's Tibbs. He's the coach of the year. Like Snyder and Monty elevated their team this year, but those were, I think, you know, those were playoff teams already. Mm-hmm. So they they elevated, right? Um, but the the level of difficulty of uh, the job that Tibbs had to do was up, like way greater than what they had. I mean, mm-hmm. so to me. To me, it's Tibbs, Homer or not Homer. Hey. It, it, it's Tom Thibodeau for me. He's I'm just been absolutely it. tremendous. So I'm gonna go with Tibbs. Hey, I don't know if you heard uh, Coach Foz show last night, but I hopped on there for a minute, and they were talking about the Warriors and Lakers game, and you know Jeff had all these good points as to why you know Steph could upset the Lakers and all this, and and then they asked me, and I was you know trying not to be too much of a Homer, and I. I was like, you know, I agree with everything Jeff has to say, but I still think the Lakers will win by double digits. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, I knew the Lakers are going to win. I mean, LeBron being a fan, even though LeBron can complain at times, at the end of the day, he's going to show up. He's mm-hmm. going to do his thing. There's always that thing with Steph with him. Yeah, there's always going to be a thing where he feels like, okay, everyone always Steph's had the upper hand on me, even though he had the upper hand, LeBron with the three-one. Right. There's always going to be that thing with Steph. So I, you know he's going to come to play when, when Steph's on the other side. Absolutely. I mean, we couldn't have asked for a better, you know, first game of the West playing at all. I mean, for the first year we're doing this real four-team thing, I mean, what more could you want? It's been awesome. Yep. All right. So we got Tom Thibodeau for the Coach of the Year. We're going to go on to – this is one my first made-up award that I created myself. I call it the Ray Allen call it game clutch performer of the year because everybody loves to talk about Ray Allen's one made three that he made in the finals that, you know, saved LeBron's <laughs> life. But, you know, I'm obviously kidding. But for me this year, this guy just embodied, you know, a clutch performer of the year and he has for a long time and it's Damian Lillard. Um, you know, whatever you want to call him, Dame time, logo Lillard. I mean, he can, he hits shots from 45 feet out sometimes like he's shooting a free throw and he seems to just take over when the game gets close he is one of those guys you can kind of always count on to make the biggest shots and that's that's not really a skill in any other sport other than basketball like there's no real clutchness in football all that much and and baseball is so baseball who knows but uh in basketball, you, there are, you know, legitimately clutch players and Damian Lillard's, you know, the best of the bunch. He's actually number one in the NBA in points per possession in clutch moments and he or points per game, sorry, in clutch moments by like two and a half points. And it's only like five. So he's yeah. like doubling the next best guy. 
So he's had, you know, an incredible year. He's somebody that I've always, I've been on the fence about whether or not he really is quite that first tier, but I, I think he's, he's definitely proven, proven to me that he is this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I would go with Dame too. I mean, there's very few guys you can that you want the ball in their hands in a right. playoff game than Dame. I mean, he what he can do. We've seen it. Like we lived it. Like, and even without the stats, right? And the stats back up that he's there. But even without the stats, mm-hmm. just what he's done, the big shots he's made. You know, even before the actual game winners, like leading up to you know those big shots, he he's someone that that. I, you know, him, LeBron, there's very few guys I want with the ball in their hands late in the game. And, yes, I did say LeBron. I know people don't think LeBron's clutch, but he actually is, guys. Right. LeBron James is a clutch is. basketball player. You know, I know he missed a shot that Ray Allen saved him. Like, man, we'll bring it back. Right. But if you watch leading up to that game, he actually hit the three. So, But we can go mm-hmm. for that house. I always love how people – don't give him any credit for all the times he's been in the situation because of his own ability. And then when he doesn't deliver every single time, it's all on him. <laughs> like he, it would have been out. They wouldn't even have made the playoffs for, for him some years. But, and, but that's, but that game, he hit the three mm-hmm. to put, to even make it, a, to make it a one possession game. Right. And then in overtime, he took over, but that's not clutch though. It's mm-hmm. only clutch when you hit when it game. And that's, I think that's the thing that people get stuck in their mind is, Clutch is not just buzzer beaters. Mm-hmm. Like that's not exactly. just clutch because you can you can have a terrible game and just hit that shot. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you're a clutch player? You hit a shot, but you could yes. be clutch. You know, before the, the that you know before that mm-hmm. to put your team in position to win the game. So Absolutely. to me, clutch people get confused with clutch and all that. Like, but Dame backs up with the stats and what he's done. So to me, mm-hmm. I agree with you with Dame as as far yeah. as that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, you know. Damian Lillard can't go wrong. I love the guy. I think he's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, he's led that Portland team for a long time that just can't quite seem to get over that hump, though. And we'll see where it goes from here. If they don't have a a pretty successful playoffs, where I, I have a feeling we're going to see some changes in Portland. Oh yeah, I, I've been I've been saying that for a while for this mm-hmm. whole year with Dame is it, it's it's going to come to a point where. What more can he do? Mm-hmm. We've seen him take – listen, that Western Conference Finals against Golden State, yes, they got swept, but they were in every game. I believe they had a 10-point lead at every game. So, like, a few things go their way. They may have had the upset of the century. So, nice. so for me, for Dame, you have to really evaluate and be like, okay, can I take this team any much – you know, because he is going to be 30. I think he is 30. You know, he's going to get up there. You know, can he do it with this roster? And, and that's going to be a big question. It's a, a tall order to have him and McCollum side by side in that backcourt that often, you know, as much as they're out there yeah. and expect their defense to get any better, expect anything to really improve. They're, yeah. They're and they've had some tough injuries like Nurkic has been out. You know, that was huge is losing mm-hmm. him for a big part of the last two years. So they've had their some injuries, but uh, it's still, you know, trying to, you know, uh, is this a championship team? I know Dame wants to win a championship, and he's loyal. But he's gonna have to evaluate this off season because you know Stotts is in. Mm-hmm. It can be in in trouble. So you know they got some real real uh, things to think about this off season, right. especially if they get bounced early. You know, lo- loyalty goes both ways too. And at some point, if the team's Fair. not doing enough to get to that next level, then you know he, I feel like he's got a good case to to move on if he wants to. Exactly. And then one other thing I was always, I was wondering about Portland when you were just saying that I bet if you took the number of games missed uh, by other starters on your team throughout your career, Damian Lillard's probably like at the very top of that list. I mean, they're always hurt. They miss guys all year, every year. It seems mm-hmm. like Portland's just like a mash. Unit, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. They always missing guys. So, I mean, he's going to have to evaluate. It's going to, it's just mm-hmm. important. They, they have a pressure, you know, I don't think they're a championship team by any means, but they have a lot of pressure on them because you got to keep Dame happy. And, you know, I don't know if this team is can get past the first round. It's going to be big. So big, big things could be changed in for, uh, for Portland. It's probably disheartening a little bit to him too, to see these teams in the West just completely like overhaul their rosters and they're already better than them again. You know, some, a lot of them at yeah. least. So exactly. we'll see how it goes in, in Portland. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting off season. 
All right. I will let you go first on this one, Prez. It's the rookie of the year. Who do you have for rookie of the year? Okay. So this is hard mm -hmm. because it's it was LaMelo lock. Right. And then he gets hurt. And then Anthony Edwards goes off during that mm -hmm. time. And he was not that bad when LaMelo was playing. But LaMelo mm -hmm. was having impact and winning. You know, his team was in the playoff. I mean, they, they were like a five seed, a six mm -hmm. seed at one point. You know, so they would have been in the playoffs, you know, outright. Mm -hmm. This, man, I, I have to, you know, LaMelo's going to get some points docked because he did miss a lot of games. Just to me, <laughs> I, 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 I'm still going back and forth on this one. But I'm going to give it to LaMelo Ball nice. because of the impact he made when he was playing. Anthony Edwards made is made it really tough, and if I had to do vote, I mean, it, it would it literally be so close, you know, voting. Mm -hmm. It definitely would be closer now than it would be, you know, uh, when Lamelo before he got hurt. Got to Lamelo. What he did with that team—that's another team that we didn't expect much this year, even with Lamelo. We thought that they're going to get better because they got Lamelo, and Lamelo's going to make his guys better. But to be at one point, they were locked in as being, and if he didn't get hurt, they're definitely. A top six seed, I believe. Right. I definitely believe that. So I, I the agree. impact he made on winning, changing the culture, you know, which is huge. And that's what they did in New York. That's what they're doing in Charlotte. You know, he, he's going to bring mm -hmm. – that team is fun to watch. He made, you know, made some spectacular plays, yes. scoring, passing. He's going to have a bright future. Like I said, tough between him and – even Halliburton was making a run. You know, mm -hmm. uh, those would probably be the top three guys as far as rookie yeah. of the year. Um, but I, I think I got to give it to LaMelo. LaMelo was special this season. I mean, mm -hmm. like I said, he was going to have that team in the playoffs. And to me, that gives him the edge over Anthony Edwards. Even though Minnesota played great, you know, they were winning games, but it was just too late. You know, they started winning games where it really didn't matter for them. But Anthony Edwards is going to be a good one. LaMelo's going to be a good one. But mm -hmm. I got to go with LaMelo for the, for the rookie of the year. All right. Very cool. Good, good choice, you know. As always, you know your stuff. That's no surprise. Um, I went with LaMelo as well, and uh, it wasn't really much of a difficult decision for me just for the fact that, you know, Halliburton did come on or did have a good year, and Anthony Edwards kind of came on when it didn't matter anymore. So yeah. I, I, I docked that a little bit. It just, you know, it's like Minnesota. As soon as they don't need, they have no more games that they want to win. <laughs> they start winning. You know? And they might have screwed themselves out of their own. Yep. Topic. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just how it goes for, for that franchise. So it's like winning, winning actually hurt them because there's yep. a good chance. I think there's a 75% chance that they're going to get outside mm -hmm. the top three. They had I like a, a streak where they were like eight and three. And yeah. <laughs> you couldn't lose if they tried. Yeah. It's just, so, it's just bad luck or uh, I don't bad know. Bad trade. That's, yeah. that's the regime that made that trade to even make that happen where right. you know, you're going to have that. So, cause you want your guys to win, right? You want to see that because mm -hmm. Jade McDaniels is better. Towns is looking more comfortable, you know, cause right. he's had a rough season, you know, not playing, mm -hmm. but just everything he's gone through, yeah, you know, funny. they got some, you know, some good young talent. But it's like I'm sure the front office was like, "Yeah, the good they're looking good, but damn it, we might not. This might hurt our chances to keeping our pick, right? You know, so even if it's four outside, we, the fourth pick, you can get another good, great player. So like, mm -hmm. especially you know, in this draft. A, especially in this draft where if you get that top five pick, you can get yourself a potential, mm -hmm. you know, future all star, and that's what they need right now. Right. But you know, that's Minnesota for you. Mm -hmm. Very, very true. Um, but yeah, you know, I was pretty high on Anthony Edwards to start the year and, and he had a good year too, but LaMelo played 51 games this year, the same number that Kyrie Irving played when he was rookie of the year. And that was in an 82 game season. So, you know, I don't have any issue with the missed games. I also voted for Zion for rookie of the year last year, even though he played like 12. So it's like <laughs> about a week, but I, that was more. So I just loved watching him play and, Figured he wouldn't win anyway, so why not throw it out there? But uh, Lamelo's going to be a star, man. I wrote a big article about it earlier this year. He he's got me as a believer. Um, he just he has like that it factor on the court. You can just see that he's already he's so comfortable with the ball in his hands. And it's interesting to me to think back to all the the 
questions I had about him, like his maturity and his work ethic and whether or not he was going to be like a distraction with his, you know, his dad and everything. And really thinking back on it now, that was so silly just for the fact that this guy's been in the national or like the worldwide spotlight his whole entire life since he was like 12 years old. And the first mm-hmm. thing you ever heard him say on TV was I'm going to be a professional basketball player. And he worked right. his ass off to get there every day. And you at the very least know you're, you're getting a, a athletic, talented, dedicated guy. So, you know, what more can you oh, ask? Yeah. He's going to be a supposed to be terrible. Yes. And that's what? the thing. Like the pre-draft stuff was kind of silly. Like mm-hmm. people were so harped on like all that other stuff. I had Lamar. nine months and, and nobody had anything and better. And even for like a split second, like I was like, oh, what if LeBar acts up when he if he doesn't play? Because that first game, he didn't play a lot of minutes. So I'm like, oh, maybe. But LeVar's been quiet. And LaMelo work ethic is not an issue at all. People are right. worried about – like you heard a lot in the in the draft process about all his work ethic. He doesn't, he doesn't interview well, all this. I'm like, I'm like uh, I mean, I think that's a smokescreen seat. You know, we saw in the NFL draft with Justin Fields and all that. Like mm-hmm. – um, so it there was a lot of nonsense. People were worried about the wrong things with him. He doesn't. Like this, he doesn't probably uh, interview well because he's 18 years old and his dad does all the talking for everybody. Thank you, because you know, we want we want, 18 and, we want 18 and 19 year olds to be ready. You know, to be you know public speakers. It's like no, you know right. these kids are they're still kids. Like so maybe they yeah maybe they're a little awkward interviewing because they're just not they're 18 years old. I mean at 18 years old. I was frightened to do anything, right? You know, Absolutely. and I'm not a basketball, pl- and I wasn't a college or you know getting ready to be an NBA player. So people I think weren't they walking were, around with your name on their shirt. Well, your name they were. Well, your name they were. You know what I mean? With my name, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes true. you know, but I, <laughs> I am a LeBron, you know. So right, you know, but too much pressure, but uh, he definitely lived up. So he had a hell of a year, man. For sure, and it'll be interesting to see what goes, what happens with Charlotte. They spent a lot of money on a pretty often injured guy. Uh, their coach James Borrego, for a good portion of the year, looked like he had a handle on things, and then the last month, it just completely the wheels fell off. So, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, next one we have that I created myself. This one's pretty fun. I call it the Jamal Crawford Walking Bucket Award. I I think that sums it up pretty well. You'll see the theme here. I named every award after a player. So uh, I went with a guy who almost won the scoring title this year if it weren't for Steph having maybe his best, you know, individual season ever. Uh, And it was Bradley Beal. And I wrote a little description for this award. It says it's not the scoring title. It's not the sixth man because, you know, Jamal Crawford was a really good sixth man. It's just a guy that, has a just a knack for going out and getting six, eight, ten buckets in no time, it seems like. And if that's not Bradley Beal, then I don't know who is. Because I'll, I've seen a few games this year, just in the last couple of weeks, where he's like one for nine in the first half and has five points. And then by the start of the fourth quarter, he's got 30. And he's just lights it up and he just he's like he almost gets mad and then or frustrated or something and then that like propels him to these offensive outbursts and you know I think he's a really good compliment next to Russell Westbrook I'll be interested to see what they do with a full year if they're healthier next year um I don't know I think they should fire Scott Brooks honestly and try to get somebody else in there I mean I like Scott Brooks but he just he's you know he's a been done before several times everywhere he goes he gets to about this point and you know he's not really gonna he's not gonna be the difference to take that team any further so why not move on on and try somebody else but bradley beal you know for my money i could watch watch him shoot all day you know he doesn't do much else but score but he can really really light it up so that's why i gave him this award you can't go wrong with brad i love i absolutely love bradley Beal. he's probably one of my favorite players to watch i'm always I'm always big upping him, you know, and giving him his flowers because, you know, a few years ago he wasn't an all-star, you know, right. all, like missing all these awards that he definitely deserves and not getting it. And uh, it was good to see him, you know, finally getting the respect he, he definitely – because he's gotten better every year. Gets better, mm-hmm. gets better, gets better. But, Mulkey Bucket, I got to give it to Steph. Okay. 
got I gotta give it to Steph. He was on. He was uh Super Zion, whatever they say. Zion, what's that show? They always say everyone always say he's Super Zion, whatever that show is. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that show, I'm, I'm 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 upset at myself I can't think of. But everyone else says that, right? You go Super right. Zion mode. Like that was that was Steph. He was mm-hmm. just bananas this year. Like Dragon Ball Z. He, he, Dragon Ball Z. Boom. There you go. Dragon Ball yep. Z. I never so I don't I wasn't I wasn't uh, I didn't watch all Dragon Ball Z, so but I always heard that term and I understood mm-hmm. it even without watching the show. Right. That's what that was him. He just went he was a different cat this year. He knew that he had to carry this team and without obviously Clay gets hurt, you know, Ubre wasn't Ubre. You know, Wiggins was actually pretty good this season. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and he, Wiggins was actually pretty good this season. I know he gets and I just said this on Twitter, like can we stop with the false narratives about him that he's an average player and all this? Like right. he had a really good, like he might be all D, he might be an all defender this year. Um, so he was good, but that's it. You know, they had a lot of G League guys. You know, guys that you know, it felt like they just got off, you know, the off the street of, of um, mm-hmm. you know. So he had to do so much, knowing that he was going to be guarded, double team, triple teamed, and he still performed at such a high level. To me, it's Steph. He he was so much from the watch this year, and it's going to be interesting to see you know if they win and if they get in how they came to playoffs and then going forward because you know play injuries and all that you know um, felt like we got robbed the last two years with that team being injured. But Steph definitely right. carried the team this year. People and people were skeptical about about Steph because he's been so used to having all these great players around mm-hmm. him. Well, how is he going to play when he doesn't have that? And people said, well, they, they ain't, they're going to be a lottery team again. You know, they're going to be bottom mm-hmm. of the team, but he's carried the team to potentially being an eight seed and, and getting up, you know, uh, and getting in the playoffs. So that's right. been great this year. Um, and he's just a walk. He, he can score from anywhere. I mean, seeing him shoot is just a clinic. So I'm going to give it right. to Steph. It, Brad's close. Brad's close because mm-hmm. I love Brad. It was close between him and Steph. Uh, Dane could be there too. Well, yeah. I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Steph. Very good, very good. I like it. You know, I I thought of him too, but it, when I wrote the sentence about it not being the scoring title, I was like, well, he won the scoring title, so I'll pick somebody else. Spread the love yeah. around a little bit. But he definitely would would have been deserving. I mean, Draymond Green was arguably his second best teammate, and um, I'm not a big Draymond Green fan, but he did have a pretty good year this year, so I'll give him the credit, I guess. I don't know. He, more turnovers per hundred possessions than anybody in the league, but nobody wants to talk about that. Uh, anyway, anyway, um, you know, you know, it it is kind of uh, a little bit of unfair feeling that you know Steph's still obviously in his prime, and we've kind of missed a good chunk of what this team possibly could have been. And people kind of forget when when the rise of a team of is like theirs was where it's all younger guys and no there wasn't really like expected to come that easily for them nobody ever really stops to think about why it was and it's because Mm -hmm. steph was so incredibly good and clay was too but i mean it's obvious that steph curry is the he's the like the heart and soul of that team he's the you know the best player i mean he's everything you want in your in your star and he just it almost seemed like at the end of the year some of those highlights I saw were just like, he's just trying to one up himself now. Like, Oh, I hit a 40 footer off one foot yesterday. So I'm going from half court today. And it just keeps, <laughs> and it's like it, not even a bad shot. No, no. He, he's made, he's given people, you know, the, the confidence to shoot from mm-hmm. deep and, and make it easy. It's not, listen, the guys have been shooting deep for a while, but just not as efficient mm-hmm. as he does. He shoots it efficient he's shooting from right nearly you know half, half court and he's making it with ease it's it, it he's changed the game of basketball there's not a lot of people in, in the how many years the game of basketball has been around that have changed the game of basketball mm-hmm. steph is a pioneer like of the way and listen a lot of people Absolutely. don't like the way it but that's just how life is. That's how the world mm-hmm. is. It's changed. It, evolu- it, it evolves. And what he's, he's he's kind of eliminated the big man. You can't have the big. You can't have a big man. Back Not to the, the way it was. Big man. Like 
Like big men have to shoot three. You see Tony Towns like Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. his first like nine years shot like twenty threes. You know, I don't know exactly, but it was something so low. And then right. he has this spike because you know, okay, I don't shoot threes, I'm gonna be out of the league. He has this spike where he's averaging what 153s a year. Yeah. Like it, it's crazy how the bigs he's evolved. I think Serge Ibaka like, okay. made like 203s last year. Like Serge Ibaka was a guy who was like, right, he's, you know, he's a rim protector, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he was known for. Exactly. You know, and oh, then now do. he's shooting threes now. Like everyone well, shoots like you too. have to shoot. Yeah, well, too. And he changed the game, you know, um mm-hmm. so much. And there's not a lot of guys like that who could legit change the game and Steph right. is he's just a, he's so much fun to watch. Let's appreciate number one thing. Let's appreciate these guys mm-hmm. because they, we see Absolutely. too much negativity. Negativity. Everyone's shitting right. on this player or, this, or that player. This guy. Blah, blah, blah. This. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Can we appreciate greatness? Like right. we are witnessing a lot of great talent and all. So let's mm-hmm. appreciate these guys while they're here. Definitely agree with you, and that was kind of part of my thinking for the uh, the special I'm trying to pull together on Sunday for everybody. It should be it's, it's going to be a lot of moving parts, but hopefully it'll work out and it'll be fun, and we'll get to hear from some really really diehard fans of some of these playoff teams. And I want it to be just kind of you know talk about why your team is good and why they made it to mm-hmm. this point kind of thing. So it should be fun. And I just want to re- reset a little bit for everybody. Um, if you're listening on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, it is Monday. Thank you for listening in. Let's do uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Who do, you want, who do you have for Defensive Player of the Year? Defensive Player of the Year is another tough one. Been going back with Rudy and Ben Simmons. Rudy... Sometimes I felt like gets overrated with the defense, but then there's games mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, that's why he's defensive player of the year because what he mm-hmm. can do, you know, he's a big reason why they're one of the best defenses in the league too, right? right. And they're, I think they're number one in uh, rim protect, or number one or two, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in rim protection. So he's a big reason why the defense is good. Ben Simmons is another guy I was thinking because what he he because he can guard multiple positions, and mm-hmm. I think. That's valuable too, and that's why I'm going to go with Ben Simmons for defensive nice. player of the year because of his versatility. I'm not saying he can guard one through five because I don't think he can guard fives, but he can guard multiple positions, one through four, especially modern day fours. He, mm-hmm. What he can do his on ball defenses to me is he gets in you. You know, he's a big reason why their defense has been so great this year. Obviously. You know, MB can be in this discussion as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's been great too. But yeah. I, I just Ben Simmons has been to me great. You know, I think it. I thought Ben Simmons was gonna run away with it. Like I said, mm-hmm. Gobert has been. You know, really showing me that. All right, maybe I was getting on a little too hard this year, but it's close. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna give it to Ben Simmons for my defensive player of the year, just because of that versatility. And to me, that's that shows. That to me, that's a little bit more important than the guy, you know, being a rim protector and all. Just the way, mm-hmm. especially the game is played now, with all yeah. the great wing players and guards. The fact that Ben Simmons can guard the best player, you know, uh, and do a good job on them is definitely uh, yeah. very more to me a little bit more valuable than rim mm-hmm. protecting, especially in today's basketball. So I'm gonna go with Ben Simmons over Rudy Gobert. Awesome. I, I thought Steven and I, you know, got along too much on this show, but I'm right with you again, man. I, I went we with might, we might need a Breaking the Game spinoff show. There we go. There we go. <laughs> as long as I'm not the host, we'll be fine. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I went with Ben Simmons, and it was a done deal for me uh, five, six weeks ago in that game against uh, Brooklyn when James Harden had to call timeout because he couldn't get the ball across half court. And that, we're talking about James Harden in a NBA where people don't stay in front of anybody anymore. And he absolutely put the clamps on him for a good portion of the second and third quarter in that game and changed the game for, for Philly. And I think their defense is going to be the X factor in these playoffs. You know, you got Tybal's really good defense too. He's a, a they got a bunch of dogs on mm-hmm. defense. They yes, they do. If, even, even, um, um, what's his, uh, Tobias Harris, Defense mm-hmm. has been solid this year. 
Right. I think he just I think he just loves playing for Doc Rivers because he had his other his best year before this year was when he was with Doc and in the when he was with the Clippers. So mm-hmm. something about that seems to work for them. And it was a stroke of genius when what Doc did with this team. He basically just said, Well, Ben, if you're if you're gonna not shoot, we're gonna give the ball to Tobias Harris and let him shoot, and you're just gonna get to focus on defense and playmaking and you'll get to the rim every now and then and look at that nobody's talking about him not taking threes anymore because it doesn't really matter (laughs) because everybody else on the team can shoot and but they built this team the way they had it two years ago right last year right how they built the team last year was like okay this doesn't make any sense what you guys are doing you know you he can't Mm -hmm. shoot you're you're just gonna it's kind of with the next day they just signed a bunch of power forwards and all that it was kind of like this doesn't make sense what you guys are doing. And there's a big reason why they were, you know, they were absolutely awful absolutely. last year. They got, and they said, okay, whatever we did last year, no, let's just, uh, let's get back to how, you know, mm-hmm. the success. Let's we just had undo before. what we did last year. Exactly. Right. Get some shooters, you know, at, getting Seth Curry mm-hmm. was huge. You know, uh, you know, Maxie's solid. You know, that mm-hmm. was a good pick, you know, drafting him out of Kentucky. Like, they made, they definitely tooled this roster you know, given Tobias Harris being essentially being him being the second option, you know, on this team, they added they 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 built this team around Ben and MB the right way, and mm-hmm. uh, it showed dividends. They're the number one seed, and they can get, they can win a championship. You know, last year this mm-hmm. was not a championship team. This year, this could be possibly championship team. So uh, it's that mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely this team is vibing. Yeah, I uh I agree with you. Wholeheartedly, I have Philadelphia going to the NBA Finals in my mind. I think they're going to win the East. I've felt that way for a while. I think Embiid and Simmons are, on a lesser extent, this this generation's Shaq and Kobe. You know, talent. You know, they could have been. I don't know if they'll ever reach anywhere near that level, but kind of the same dynamic is what everybody I think thought of when they were when they were first getting together. And it's mm-hmm. nice to see them actually, you know, finally, kind of put it together at least for the regular season. Cause I think this is about the fourth preseason in a row that I said, if they put it together, they could be the best team in the East. And the last three, they were let the, me down. This, so. is the, this is the team. If they're going to win it, mm-hmm. to me, this team has the nucleus, all everything, all the ingredients to win a championship. Like right. the defense, they got, they got their star, you know, MB, mm-hmm. like a Tobias, they can score. You know, even Ben Simmons, ben Simmons had a forty-point game this year. Like, you know, right. he he can score if he got to get to the basket. He can get to the basket. Like I said, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Tybalt. You know, they got Maxi. You know, they got some. They got some guys like Seth Curry. Like, this team has everything it needs to. You know, everything around them to win a championship this year. You know, oh, yeah. uh, so uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see. You know, uh, see how they do this uh, in the playoffs. I think there's about three or four teams this year that. Kind of have to be feeling like, hey, this has been a weird year. It's kind of wide open. Like, if we're going to win one, and it's pretty much got to be now. Let's do it, you know, because it's it's the same, you know, usual suspects for the most part in the finals a lot. So, you know, this this could be the season where just about anybody like Utah could sneak up and and make the finals, but. Whether or not they will remains to be seen. I don't know, but I'm sure there's a lot of teams in that same boat thinking, "Hey, you know, this is this is probably yeah. our and, best chance." And this is why this is one of the best NBA seasons of all time because mm-hmm. of what you just said. There's a lot Very of true. teams that think they have a shot to win the championship. Mm-hmm. Utah, Phoenix, all these teams have think they can win. Philly, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, all these teams think that you know Milwaukee. All these teams think they have a shot. And like we mentioned before, in years past, it's usually okay. We know it's going to be the Warriors and Cleveland, or Warriors and one, maybe mm-hmm. one team in the in the East, couple, maybe a couple teams in the West, but really just right. the Warriors. Yeah. Now it's the parity. You know, the East got four, three teams that could win a championship. The West, right. maybe you know, it wouldn't surprise me if a six seed could. Like, it's just so much parity mm-hmm. in the league. That this is why it's one of the best seasons, and basketball is in good shape because of that. Because there is so much parity in the league right now. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be, I'd be, you know, excited and a little bit surprised, but it wouldn't blow me away if, you know, Dallas made the finals and Luka Doncic just, you know, took off and led them that far. I mean, he'd have to be terrific, but he could do it, and it wouldn't be that crazy. You know, there's a lot of teams that have 
have a, a really good case to to make the Lakers to be dangerous. The Lakers as a seven seed, mm-hmm. like right. you'd be shocked if the Lakers they win round one against the Suns and then they play the clip or whoever the next round after that. And they go yep. finals. Would you be shocked? I mean, that would you know they're no, the seven seed. That's not like, at all. That wouldn't shock me. So the parity in this league, it, it, the Clippers. They're still the same team that was you know the exactly. number one team going into all all first half of the season that everybody was pretty much set on coming out of the West no matter what exactly. happened. No matter what and happened, they so. they still have LeBron James right. on their team. Anthony Davis looks good again now too. The last few days, the last few games, he's looked pretty good. Exactly. Uh, you know, beginning of the year, they he was in, in a little bit of a sleepwalking mode, but he's, he seems to be. But, but you understood now. that because they played, they, you know, it was only two and a half right. months after they just right. went through a grueling, seven days or something. Yeah. Like, Crazy. so you understood the slow start for like Anthony Davis. And for that, sure. at, at that point, you're like, no, we need you for the bigger picture. And they can, like, they're a seven seed, but they might be the most dangerous seven seed in the history of right. the NBA. You know, Absolutely. They're not your ordinary seven C. They might be the favorites in that series against mm-hmm. Phoenix. That's how I, I, I think they, they probably are. are in my eyes, but I'm a think, I'm really biased, so I can't really say. I think they're the favorites going into that series. And if you're Phoenix, you use that as motivation because you know everyone's gonna pick the upset. That and of all the series, the number one upset's gonna be the seven over two Lakers mm-hmm. over Phoenix. So if you're Phoenix to use that as motivation and you and use that and, and try to beat the Lakers and, and take mm-hmm. care of business because people are going to doubt you because you haven't been here before. What was the last time Phoenix made the playoffs, right? 2010 years. years, 10 years, whatever, yep. 9, 10. So prove people wrong, beat the Lakers, to beat the defending champs, and prove it. But if you lose, mm-hmm. I'll know. tell you what, it's kind of almost perfect that Chris Paul is on this team and finally, you know, he gets Phoenix back to the playoffs. They exceed expectations. They get a top seed and look who he has to play in the first round. Like it's, it's, you know, is Chris Paul going to go down as one of the greatest to never win a title? Or is he going to be considered a winner because he wins everywhere he goes, but he doesn't ever win the title. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting case for him there. It's, it's, It's always been puzzling how, how one guy has such a noticeable impact on his team all year long and then just falls flat one way or another. Yeah. But agree. Phoenix has great fans. You know, I, I get on them a lot on the show because they hate on Deandre Ayton so much, but they're passionate as heck. They just want, they just want their team to be really, really good. So, you know, I, I actually talked to quite a few of them on Facebook and, and they're, they're definitely, you know, knowledgeable basketball people. So I'll give them that for sure. I, I just, I don't, I'm not too worried about Phoenix. I would have, I would have been much more worried about Utah as a Laker fan, to be honest, but yeah. you know, who knows? I may be dead wrong. LeBron may not be all the way back yet. And it could be a, a battle. We'll see. All right. So we've got enough time for probably a couple more here. Let's just get through the real awards. I only had one other made up one. Uh, who's your sixth <laughs> man of the year? This one's pretty easy. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Yep, me too. Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I think that was yeah. pretty. I mean, Jalen Brunson was in there. I mean, Derrick Rose is also mm-hmm. in there. Derrick Rose was probably my other guy that I was thinking Derek about. Derrick Rose ha- has had a nice, nice end of the season, nice mm-hmm. second half period with the Knicks. You know, so uh, he's up to, but Jordan Clarkson, he's been, he's a big reason why, you know, um, that Utah's where they are right now. So he, he, he deserves, he definitely deserves to be the sixth man of the year. Definitely. And, you know, there's, there's not really much of a case to be made for anybody else. I mean, this may be another year where his teammate is arguably the closest second place guy and yeah. Joe Ingles and, there was so Joe Ingles is having a ridiculous year, and I just realized it the other day. Up until like the last two weeks of the season, he was on pace to set the true shooting record as a shooting guard, small yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When eight of the other nine names are centers who never leave two feet from the rim on offense, of and course. then he had a little bit of a slump, and but he's still in the top ten of best seasons ever. And believe it or not, he's. He, on synergy, he was ranked number one in points per possession on defense in, against uh, pick and rolls. 
So he's he's like Ben Simmons is fourth. That's what I, I was looking up Ben Simmons to see where he was, and and Joe Ingles was number one of, among players with at least five hundred possessions on defense. So he, you know, maybe there is a little bit more of a case to be made that it's not just a runaway for Jordan Clarkson. Maybe Ingles is the more important guy, but you know, obviously the six man award almost always goes to a, a guy that can light it up and score a lot of points off the bench. And I mean, he had a forty point game this year, didn't he, Clarkson? Yeah. He's been really good this year. Like I said, Ingles sure. is in there, Brunson, Derrick Rose, but you know, I think the impact, especially scoring, especially when uh, Donovan was out, is 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 was right. crucial for him. So that's why I'll give it to him. I'll tell you what, it, this is a, such a weird season because on one hand, I look at the teams and I'm like, well, the Lakers and the Clippers are still the most talented teams. They're still probably going to be there, and the the Nets, whether or not they played a single game together, are going to be pretty hard to beat. But I, it really wouldn't surprise me that much if Utah kind of ran over everybody and won the title this year. I don't know, run over everybody, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the title. Honestly, I think, I think, I think they're better than what people. That's what I mean. Think. Like, I, just, like, and, I don't and know that was one of those. Really I was very skeptical, skeptical on them early mm-hmm. on, but I like the nucleus of that team. You know, I, I really do like the nucleus of that team. So for me, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the conference finals or even the finals. I know that might be not be sexy and what people want, but they have everything defensive. They mm-hmm. can shoot, you know, especially if Donovan's ha- if healthy, you know, Mike Conley's healthy. They can do some Absolutely. things. Like, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they get to the finals. I really wouldn't be shocked. Oh yeah. Me either. Absolutely. You know, you hit, you hit everything that I was just going to say about them too. And our buddy Patrick was messaging in about the Lakers he said they're still the favorites in the West, according to Vegas. So there you go, seven seed and seven seed in the West, and according to Vegas, they're number one. All right, we'll yep. go with who's your MVP? Definitely going to be the favorites in that series. Yeah, MVP. It's mm-hmm. kind of similar to how uh, the earlier awards we talked about, Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. where Guy was the favorite, but an MB to me was my MVP for he got hurt. But Jokic, the only thing that was stopping Jokic early was the wins and his team being like the eight seed at one point, but obviously the wins have gone up. They're a top four seed. And to me, that's what I wanted to, to feel comfortable giving him the MVP. I think Jokic is the MVP. I mean, we don't have to go about the stats and all. I mean, what he's done this season is absolutely incredible. His passing everything, you name it, scoring, mid-range game, three-point shooting, rebounding. One more to say, he's to me, he is the MVP of the year. You know, he's ninth already all time in triple doubles. <laughs> it's, crazy. it's crazy. Seems like he's it's hardly crazy. even been around, and he just he does things every year. It's like, well, you gonna get any better, or is this as good as he gets? And then he does something else that you've hardly ever seen a center do before, and gets gets better. And he's he's to the point where you have to talk about him as one of the best players in the NBA. You know, he's in that conversation for sure. And and I think Denver is in a really, really unique position right here where they have a chance to, when Murray comes back, whenever that is to be arguably one of the two or three best teams in the league, they've already got Jokic who's playing obviously at an MVP caliber level. If Murray is, 90% 90% of Jamal Murray coming back from this injury, which anymore most guys are in, in today's world. You know, sports science is pretty great. And now it gives however long he's out, there's no real expectation for this team to win anything significant. And you've got a bunch of young, talented guys like a Michael Porter Jr. who may end up being, you know, one of the two or three best players in his draft class. And who I could, get so upset that the Knicks didn't take him, man. It right. hurts me. I'm so sure everybody does. He, I mean, what well, he had the the back surgery, right? That would scare me off. I don't, I don't blame anybody for not, not thinking that would go well. But he's obviously going to be a star, and he's got a whole season now where he's probably going to be the the first option on offense. You know, Jokic is going to be the you know the focal point of the offense and the best player, but he's going to be the first option for scoring. And he can just go out there and go through his growing pains with all the free reign in the world and no re- no real worry about how much they have to win until Murray comes back. And then, 
you know, from that point, they've got three guys that are going to be in their prime, right in the center of their prime, all locked up for the foreseeable future. And I think they're, they're going to be a scary good team for a long time. Jokic is just Jokic, man. I mean, it's weird. He looks like a loaf of bread. He doesn't look like an NBA player at all. And he just, he's terrific. Like I was looking up pictures of him for the, one of the articles I'm doing and every single picture of him is just goofy looking like he's just doesn't look the part at all. And I, that's kind of what I like about him. And it makes you wonder if that's why you never hear any other NBA players talk about how good of a year he's having. I don't know. Maybe they just don't, they don't feel like. He he doesn't fit the outlier. He's definitely different from your prototypical superstar player. Like Mm -hmm. you, for sure. He, he doesn't look like Embiid as far as the physical. Right. You look at Embiid, you're like, wow, that's what you mm-hmm. want your center to look like. Chiseled, seven-footer yep. who can do all this. And like you said, he doesn't look like, you know, he's beefy. He looked the dad bod, right? They talk about the dad bod, but mm-hmm. he got game. It's simple. Right. He, got he does. And <laughs> Absolutely. He's, he's changing He's changing that center position, too. Mm-hmm. Like He's the where, reason the center position isn't more dead than it already is. Yeah, he, he's mm-hmm. – and it's crazy, right? Like, we mentioned, like, the center position, like, it went away for a little – like, even with all – like, they got rid of the center position in the all-star ballots. And right. it's funny how the MVP is going to probably come down to two centers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and it's for the first time in two decades, right, since Shaq won it. Shaq won it in, what, 2000? Like, that's the yeah. last time a true center has won the MVP. And to be I mean, honest, there's not Duncan, really you – know, in my mind, much of an argument you can make over either of those two for really hardly anybody else except maybe Steph. And yeah, agree. But it is pretty interesting that you know the position that we just got done talking about going extinct is going to win the MVP this year. But that's the kind of year it's been in the NBA. It's been crazy. It's been upside down. Wild. You know, the Western Conference uh, standings almost look like they should be flipped over and they'd be right, but. It's going to be an exciting playoffs for sure. I know I'm excited about it. Um, we're up against it here on the radio station. So if you're listening on Dash Radio, thank you for listening in. As always, we appreciate you. I know Stephen appreciates you. I appreciate you. Stephen, we miss you, man. Chris, go ahead and say something nice to the people. Tell them where all the millions of places they can see your pretty face. <laughs> so like I said, I appreciate you having me on, Austin. This is a lot of fun. You can uh, – I'm on Dash Radio as well. You can catch the Off the Ball podcast on Mondays, noon Eastern, every uh, Monday on Dash Radio on the Nothing the Net channel. Um, like I said, I do a couple shows a week. I just did a show with the New York City legend and former NBA All-Star, Kenny Anderson. Yes, you know, that was a lot of fun. I just did a sh- also show last week with one of the top international prospects for the 2021 draft. Right. Friends, Blindberg. I was really stressed about figuring out his last name because it looks hard, but it's actually easier than, you know, some regular mm-hmm. name. So, <laughs> you know, so right. that was a fun show to do with, with friends. He, he's a he's definitely an up and coming prospect. Um, and just you know, just got you know, we're doing suitcase stuff, post game on Dash Radio. You know, after you know, uh, so That's officially. Cool. You know, um, doing post games for the the year four of the NBA Two K League. Really excited to be doing voice that. Voice of NBA 2K. One of the voices of the po- – you know, of, of the two, which is, uh, you know, I got me, Mo, you know, Chris Bolton, you know, uh, Jelani, you know, doing that. So really mm-hmm. excited about that, doing that. And, that does um, sound like a lot of fun. You know, you, that Wednesday through Saturday, you can catch us post-game after, after all the games are concluded. You know, uh, we'll be talking, you know, after just discussing the games and all that. So that, that's, isn't that the, really the two K cool leagues a pretty big thing, right? Aren't they playing for like million it's, it's dollars a million? Huge. Yeah, I think it's a it's a million dollar pot. You that's know, crazy. It, it's it's intense. You know, got to watch the games last night. Some pretty cool mm-hmm. games. There was some buzzer beaters. Yeah. You know, so it's it's they, it's huge. You know, they do a whole draft. There's mm-hmm. trades. Like they, it, it's a, like a legit professional league. Like, you right? Know, it, it's really. It's fun actually to see like how they treat mm-hmm. it as if it's it's a real league, That's you know, cool. a real professional basketball league. So it's fun, mm-hmm. you know. I'm excited. I'll I'll be doing my first uh, post game, you know, um, Thursdays. I'll use I'll probably be on every Thursday. Um, there you go. 
Thursday. So uh, and other days I'll probably you know do, but definitely Thursday. You can hear me Thursday, you know, uh, doing post game with uh, with Mo Murphy and uh, Jelani. So just right. just that's the period of things we're doing. Like you said, off the ball network. You know, mm-hmm. is is one of the big you know has a big part in the K League. A lot of the off the ball network guys and mm-hmm. uh, are going to be a part of this project. You know, for till. Uh, for the 2K season, so it's very exciting times. Very exciting for times sure. for, for lots of good things going on for everybody in the, involved with our network. I feel like lately you've done a you put put together quite a good group of guys, man. I got to give you credit for it. Yeah, sometimes I feel like Pat Riley with all the talent. Like I'm like, wow, I got right. a, there you we go. really should have a. And I'll tell you we what, should have a lot of talent. That good talent. It's not just getting guys and a bunch of guys. It's legit getting guys who are really good. A, creating content and just seeing the growth of everyone like it's cool to to see that growth of of guys and to see the opportunities that that's been given since they've joined off the ball and mm-hmm. it, it's just been fun austin like seeing you For grow sure. you know you taking the opportunity to come here is was uh mm-hmm. was a, what meant a lot to me and then seeing you grow you know getting your show on dash radio with steven and all steven's growth mo everyone jelani you know everyone everyone you name has gotten better you know uh the pod father you know jeff and all that couch coach you know some type of game everyone has just gotten you know uh, i i know i can say without a doubt if it weren't for joining up with you guys like there's no way in the world i'd be where i am now because I just want to say thank you, Prez, for you know having me part of the network, and thank you for coming on the show, and thank you everybody for listening. This has been Breaking the Game. Have a good one.